Leonard Cohen suggested, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. This is Mac Bogert. I am back again at uh, Back to Different. And I'm here with Dennis Pataco, whom I guess he found me. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> we, we like uh, hooked up, which I know is a dangerous thing to say, but it was not that kind of a deal, um, on the internet. And he is, he's got a bunch of titles, founder and publisher and editor-in-chief and stuff. But I, my favorite title he has is his the reimaginator at this uh, this sort of amorphous but very cool thing called 360 360 nation and uh, they publish some of my scribblings on what's called biz catalyst 360 which is part of their uh, part of their universe yeah. so before I stumble farther afield here I'm gonna let it go to Dennis where it ought to go anyhow Hi, Mac. Hey, thanks for that introduction. Um, yeah, you and I have been together for a while, um, and it's all started with your writing, and it intersected with what we do. And I'll, I'll give the, your audience just the, the benefit of what we do, because it's quite a, I don't know, it's, it's a morphing empire, for lack of a better term. And I hate to use the word empire, because that sounds like something else. Um, but I'll give you the pieces. We have this umbrella I hate to call it a brand because it's not promotional, but we, we needed an umbrella to tuck all the things we were doing under. So we came up with 360 Nation over the past year. And let me just tell you what's underneath that. And I'll tell you what that's all about. We do a lot. Of, let me back up. We have a website, which you've already mentioned, Mac. That's been around for, it's an award-winning website. It's been around about almost nine years. We've got over 600 writers on six continents. And it all started literally at a kitchen table with a vision. And our vision for that piece of 360 Nation was very simple. We're going to talk to people that write for a living or don't write for a living, but do it on the side like many of our writers do. They're consultants, they're in business, or they're at home, but they just enjoy writing. But we're going to talk to them and find out what gets in the way of them putting pen to paper? What are the bureaucratic hurdles? You know, where do they write today? Like Forbes or Huffington, or other places they go. Our vision was, um, we're going to create something that takes away all the handcuffs so our writers can do what they're good at. And that's just right. Um, let me back up and say we were blessed, as my wife and I, This back when we were launching this, we had... Uh, a fair amount of success in our business careers. Mine happened to be international banking. Hers happened to be over in Europe doing some other work. She's British. And we, we collapsed all that, moved to Tampa Bay where we are today. And the best analogy I can give you, Mac, it's like the dog that's chasing the car. We both caught the car. Now, what do you do with it? So we had to decide. We've got time. We've got talent. We've got treasure. How can we do good with that? goes back to Biz Catalyst. That was one piece of what we decided. The other two pieces were travel and giving back, whatever that meant. I'll come back over to that in just a minute. Um, but, so we had this idea of creating a website because both of us, because of our respective jobs in the real world, 
had traveled a lot, done a lot of research, done consulting, and we we're always frustrated going onto the internet to find a place that we could go that didn't start out with three pop-ups in your face, stale information, promotions galore, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was aggravating. Now we ultimately did our research, but we'd have to go, you know, a dozen different places to get there. So we said, we're going to build this thing. And because we are blessed with success, there's going to be zero profit motive. So our only incentive is to build the best possible repository of information with the best possible writers with no catches, no hooks, no promos. You'll never see an ad on our site. Um, but that gave us the freedom to really step back and say, you know, is this even possible? Um, and that took us down the path of figuring out all the obstacles and getting rid of the obstacles. This may sound unusual, but one of the biggest um, pluses we brought to the table, and we didn't know it, Mac, and that is we said to the world, um, we don't care about search engine op optimization. And to a lot of people in the website business, uh, I mean, that's such a contradiction to everything because everything they do is about number of visitors and number of Google hits. We yep. said, look, that's, we're not doing it for that. Now, if we get traffic, that's wonderful because that gives our authors more visibility. And everything we do on Biz Catalyst was driven by putting our authors and our writers first. So we did that. So we said to the world, look, not only will we publish your brand new writing, but we know and we appreciate how long it takes to write an article. So go back to your archives, your blogs, your LinkedIn's, your Facebooks. You've probably written a lot of masterpieces, whoever you are. And as long as it's not breaking news, and as long as it's current and relevant, send us a link, we'll republish it. Well, talking to other publishers, they thought that was blasphemy because we're gonna get penalized by Google. So we don't care about Google. Now, I could go on about that, but let's just say those are some of the principles we launched almost nine years ago, nine years later, I told you we've got 600 writers on six continents. We've published over 22,000 articles. We've won an award. We've got one of the highest Google rankings out there for a website like us, contrary to everything we were told. And I talked to a Google, not a Google expert, but a web expert not many months ago and said, talk to me about this. I was always told if we did X, we would never see Y. And he said, that's all true, except you have got such critical mass in terms of 22,000 articles and all these writers, Google can't ignore you. Right. Nor can, so we got client. Anyhow, so we got that. That was the website. Uh, and that was up and running, and we've been doing fine with that. And then we, we were doing our travels because we always wanted to travel, and you've probably done a lot of traveling in your life, Mac. In business, I visited prior to... Uh, my wife and I starting this exercise. I visited a lot of countries and cities. I can tell you I've been to uh, South Korea, but I can't tell you anything about South Korea because I like a typical business guy off the airplane in a taxi to the meeting, back to the taxi, back to the airport. So we traveled, uh, but not with a purpose. We started traveling again, eight, 10 years ago. The website can be done anywhere so we can travel and see the world, but see it intentionally versus because we're going to a business meeting. So that started. The third piece was the idea of giving back. And there were a lot of ways to do that. And people talk about, well, they write a check every month to X or Y. So yeah, we can write the check, but we want to roll up our sleeves. We want to get in the mud. We want to do things that really touch people. And we're blessed to have the ability to have the time and the talent and the treasure to do that. Uh, we 
we infiltrated the Tampa Bay nonprofit community. It's now a decade later. I've been chairman of the board of Meals on Wheels here I've on three other nonprofits. We're delivering meals. We're working at local stables. We're handicapped. So, so we're doing all that stuff. About two years ago, we said, look, we've got the website up and running. We're doing the traveling. We're in the nonprofits. There's got to be a way we can do more. So we said, why don't we see if there's a way to tech the, take all the technology out there? And this is before Zoom became a real popular thing. This is a couple years back. But we had Skype. We had texting. We had email. We had phone. Said, so I want to be able, as a nonprofit person who wants to give back, I want to be able to say to any good nonprofit around the world, if you need help, we can virtually help you and we can do it for free. Now, that was a bold statement. Uh, eight months later, we launched something called GoodWorks 360. Right. GoodWorks, GoodWorks 360 today has, uh, we've engaged 22 dozen nonprofits as far away as uh, Mumbai, India. We've got almost 50 volunteers, top tier business professionals, literally around the world, who help us help the nonprofits. So now those are the three primary pieces of 360 Nation. There's a lot more to it, but we built everything around this idea of giving back, doing things for good. And again, there's no economic benefit. We are truly doing it for good. And Mac, I cannot tell you how many times, how much time I've spent defending the notion of for good or for free, because people, maybe it's the world we live in, Mac, it's a, they're skeptical of anything. They think there's always gonna be a catch. A catch, sure. Well, I'm, you know, I was, I was raised by a businessman um, and God bless him. And uh, we were estranged for almost 30 years because I did not follow that, I guess, mantra. <laughs> and <laughs> I've been doing what I do for uh, 25 plus years. And I don't advertise. I, all my work comes from word of mouth. Um, I'm working with two guys, one in California, one in Spain to do some stuff online. And they are both, um, what's it called? Analytics guys. Yeah. So they are looking at the numbers and the connections and the followers and the hits and all that, which is just fine. I, I don't, I don't dislike them for that. But I think one of the things you and I share is that we come at it from, from the other side in lots of ways. Now you've been very successful. I'm making a living, so I cannot complain, but I've always told people, um, that I get paid so that I can do this. Oh, yeah. Not the other way around. Um, Isn't it amazing, though, when you work backwards with the profit model and do what makes sense versus sense, you know, S-E-N-S-E -E versus right. sense, you can still, obviously, it still works, but it's such a fresh and uncluttered way of saying, let's just see what happens here versus, well, I've got advertisers I've got to ask, I've got a board of directors ain't going to like it, uh, and then you end up being the same thing everybody else is. Uh, which so the freedom with this, and again, it's a, it's a blessing to have those choices, and you know that. Mark, but wow! Oh yeah. Well, um, back to different. Um, part of what 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 started this for me is that I've I've been seeing and hearing things that seem to indicate that there is a sort of a a tide. You know, right now it's a it's a pretty small tide. Um, of of people who are starting to reexamine how they view what's important, um, what living 
looks and feels like community connection um how they talk and listen to their kids and their spouses and starting to realize that that maybe maybe in this tsunami in this pandemic whatever uh, and that includes the account the economy and mm. politics and everything maybe there are holes and cracks where just a second i'm going to sneeze or not there we go <coughs> excuse me mm -hmm. holes and cracks where where we can help to gently sort of nudge our humanity towards a less dysfunctional place. What do you, <coughs> number two, <laughs> what are you seeing um, in your personal life as well, in your connections that seem to show signs of spring, not just the weather, but spring coming maybe for us as human beings um, in this country um, or on earth? What do you see that are, that are buds? There's a, uh, just a wonderful question. We've actually spent in any number of forums uh, and in the writing that comes across our desk on the publishing side, we get a real keen sense of what people are thinking because a lot of it flows into their words. And as you know, we're involved in a lot of online discussions and right. what we've seen, you know, if, if there is such a thing, Mac, as a silver lining underneath all this chaos around you and I, uh, we see this and I'm going to use some words that you may have heard before, but an awakening, uh, it's like people are pivoting and it's on the world stopped. They, now they have time to think, Oh my God, now I've got to think. And then they start doing things that maybe they didn't have time for or didn't uh, Zoom, just getting on a Zoom call and connecting with people. Yeah. I've talked to so many people that said, ah, that was great technology. I never wanted to be bothered. Now they're hooked on it. They're addicted to it. They think it's great. And it's so much better than exchanging a text or even an email uh, online. So, but by doing so, we're sensing this um, growing best way we can describe it, and i use a word that we use in 360 nation and that is a thriving conscious community where people are now getting bound together by choice not because they have to and they're staying together in these various forums or discussions or connections because they want to now they feel like people are listening to them they're getting empathy they're realizing most importantly i think mac that they're not alone and that what they're going through is a lot of people going through now one of our fears as we see this and i may have talked about this in some of my forums that you're in is that it's like the door to humanity has opened because the music stopped and it's a great opportunity for people to connect and connect at a deeper level and literally change behaviors because they have the time and the awareness to do so but we we're trying to put our foot in that door because we're concerned that it's going to close it's going to close again now we can all talk about everybody says well we'll never be go back to the norm well it'll be a different level of norm but eventually this too shall pass in some fashion and then we're our concern for those people that have been enjoying this closer connection is that they go back to and this is not meant to sound critical but they go back to their robotic lives and all these values and all this connection goes out the door and it's the same way it used to be. 
we're sensing also though that people aren't going to let go because it has forced them to rethink there's a quote out there and you know i like quotes there's a quote that we put up on our 360 nation page uh early in this whole uh, episode that we're going through and i'm going to read it to you because it talks about it almost begins to answer your question and it intersects it's by our friend dr Brene brown and it says oh, yeah. connection is why we're here it's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. Empathy has no script. There is no right way or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of you're not alone. Now, that kind of you know, circles the wagons around what I was saying. So it's a marvelous thing to watch. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, we're anxious to get more things out there that will help people, what we call rediscover humanity, while we've got their attention and before they become distracted by going back to the normal world, if you will. And um, I love that quote as well. And uh, the way my brain fires, which is usually sideways, um, I thought, I think it's Emerson, it, it may be Thoreau, who said most most people live lives of quiet desperation mm. and mm. one of the things that i think i've 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 stumbled upon or has been given to me in my work as a learner you know we, we talk about being teachers i'm not really a te i don't see myself as a teacher or a trainer i'm a learner that's close as i can come is that and and i found no data either experientially or through research to challenge this is that the the default setting for most human beings is to be connected, is to value discovery, and is to think in terms of possibilities, is to, wow. is to love the exploration of possibilities. Now, I absolutely subscribe to that. And it seems to me that if that has some truth to it, then our job, your job and my job and all of our jobs says because because we all lead you know no matter what we do we all lead is to get the crap out of the way <laughs> that prevents those things from from gaining breath and life because yeah. i see i see in my work and i I've tried to figure it out the other day i've worked with between 60 and seventy thousand people over my 25 years and i bet out of those 60 or seventy thousand people dennis i've seen 30 who given oh. the opportunity to expand and grow and connect and listen and you know all the stuff we're talking about didn't want to do it now some people come in and sit with their arms crossed they go oh, you're not going to make you know what I'm about but mm. 20 minutes of realizing me it's okay that's why I'm here it's safe they're off and running mm. so so mm. maybe maybe this giant rock in our collective pond gives us more of a space to help decrapify. You know what I mean? We're gonna borrow that word if you don't mind. I'm sure you it's gonna <laughs> And uh, we have about five more minutes, so I'm, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Okay. Um, I'll start with the second one first so that you can start with the, the other one. The second question, do, do you have kids? I do, yes. Okay, how many kids do you have? Two. Big ones or little ones? Uh, big ones, both out of college and both working. Okay. Um, so, 
at some time in the future when you are not bothering them anymore, um, but they're having a conversation with their children or their, or their grandchildren about 2020, what would you hope that they would notice about how you and your wife acted, how you dealt with this? So they wow. could say, kids, your granddad did X, Y, Z, and he didn't freak out or whatever. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's the, no, that, no. That's the second stuff. question. So I'm going to ask you the, the other question so you can get to this one that's coming now and then talk about the kids, which I think is, is critical. Um, if you had to capture what you would like to see disappear that's doable, in the way we work or don't work with each other in this country, let's just, um, what would you, what would you like to see sort of evaporate? Uh, one word, bias. Okay. And I say that because that's been something we've, I've written about recently because I've seen too much of that. And I also believe Mac, that there, there's a positive spin on bias as well, a bias for action, a bias for this, a bias for whatever. But most people, when they hear that word bias, they look at the negative side of that word. So we're trying to reinvent that. We just see too much of it, and yet there's an opportunity. When you and I are chatting right now, if we wanted to get deeper into some real issues around here, particularly around the USA right now, uh, as we've said to many, you got to kind of put those biases at the door, at least the negative biases, and bring in the bias for solutions and action. Fabulous. Fabulous. So, and I'm a recovering English teacher, so so uh, words just fascinate me. You know, language for me is just such a treat. What a gift. Well. So, indeed. about your kids. All right. Oh, uh, well, I think is there's something we, I and my wife have lived by for many years, and um, it's going to sound a little bit rehearsed, it's not meant to, because it's how we lived our, live our lives. We would want them to be able to say that, you know, granny and granddad, they were honorable people, they positively changed lives, but underneath all of that, they always did the right thing. Um, and I say do the right thing, Matt, because I've had so many discussions with people over years about doing the right thing, and people say, ah, well, what, how do you know what it is? I said, as long as you're past the age of consent, for lack of a better term, you know in your heart and your head what the right thing is. It's a question of choices and what you do that defines you, and if ever people were defining themselves, and it's the midst of this lack of control, loss of control during the pandemic, the best analogy, and this is maybe gets off topic a little bit, but if you're walking in the supermarket in America two months ago, and uh, there's, you know, people with toilet paper and people without, they're the people that will shove you out of the way to get the last roll. There's people that'll hand you the last roll. That's doing the right thing. And as you know, so there's an indefinition for that under the words of integrity and is doing the right thing when no one else is watching. We have so many opportunities to make that choice. We've always done the right thing, and I honestly believe it's come back full circle to us in spades with all kinds of uh, good stuff, for lack of a better term, um, versus the alternative. Fabulous, Dennis. Um, and the, the uh, question I ask myself when that happens, because my wife has a compromised immune system, so um, 
I shop seldom, mm. is do the people who charge in front of you to get the last roll, are they cognizant of what they're doing, of, of what they're doing, but make the choice anyhow, or do they just not get it? Well, I, good question. The third one to me is, do they feel better about themselves because they did? Do they ever sit back and say, well, what did I just do? Right. Did, I, did I knock that little old lady down, charge money out? Or, <laughs> or are they just totally unaware of the impact? And maybe that's the case, and shame on them. Maybe where you get that from, I don't know. But I learned very early in my life, just doing the right thing matters. And it sounds like an older boy, and I'm proud to be an older boy then. And at some point, as I think in my life, as I have focused on that with a sharper focus, I feel better. Oh, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, I just feel, feel better. And when I, um, you know, pick up a piece of trash I find in the parking lot of of the grocery store and put it in the trash can, some people go, that's not your trash, leave it alone. And some people go, if you walk past it, it's your trash, brother. Well, to me, you're creating a legacy, whether you know it or not. That's not a bad place to end. And you just gave me the title for the podcast, which always happens. <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't happen until the very end. So uh, I think I got it now. Perfect. Thank you, Dennis. Um, okay. We'll talk again soon. Take good care of yourself and um, keep on keeping on, right? Thanks, Mac. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.